Welcome into No Punt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. We are now 15 days away from the NFL draft, but 14 days away from our NFL mock draft, where we will have a slew of other analysts on with us. We're going live um, two weeks from today, our normal time on Wednesdays, but doing an NFL mock draft show. We're going to have some awesome people there. But today, we have an awesome person here joining us to talk specifically about the wide receiver position. And that person, one Christian Williams from The Cut. Thanks for coming on, Christian. Oh, thanks for having me. I love doing these things. You guys are, uh, I, I can already tell it's going to be a good show based on the, the pre-show activities. So. Oh, good, <laughs> good. Glad you like arguing because that's, uh, I like to bring that to the table. But joining me as always, Joshua Hudson and Ryan Weiss, uh, who is newly a free agent outside right. of Club Fantasy. Um, hey, you ain't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't dream of it. Ryan likes us too much. Um, all right. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Every day we wonder. Every day we wonder. All right. So quickly, we just we forget if we talked about it last week, but just to go over it, uh, the Carolina Panthers snuck into a convenience store and stole some red vines in exchange for Stam Darnold. Um, that's essentially what they did, what they got for him. Uh, you know, could Carolina take a quarterback? Sure. Obviously they could. They have the actual epitome of average in Teddy Bridgewater. Look it up. He's legitimately average. Um, and then Sam Darnold, who is a wild card. We've seen Ryan Tannehill leave Adam Gase and turn into a pro bowler. So can Sam Darnold do the same thing? We'll see. And the uh, probably the biggest thing that's happened in the past week, Julian Edelman officially retires. Uh, the Patriots let him go after a failed physical I think it was for money compensation. They already knew Edelman was retiring. If you saw the video that he posted, it was taken at night, and he announced it at like three o'clock that day, and they released him an hour before that. So it did the timeline didn't make sense. So they knew it was going to happen. I believe it was money compensation or something like that. And a question that Ryan wanted to bring up, and we'll start with Christian here: Do you feel that Julian Edelman belongs in the NFL Hall of Fame? No, no, no. Uh, I, I just think that he was, he rode Brady's coattails. He was on some very, very good teams, but my argument with the hall of fame is, are we rewarding good players for their, their accolades or are we rewarding being on good teams and just lucking into that? Not that I think he lucked into it, but no, I don't think Julian Edelman is a hall of famer. I think he's a good player and he had a good career, but that's about it. Okay. Uh, Josh. Nope. 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 There are so many better wide receivers from his era and didn't put up any type of close to regular season stats. I get it. You can make the postseason argument. People have been making it for the New York Yankees and baseball for God knows how long. And it's simply because they played more postseason games than anyone. You want to talk about just one catch in the Super Bowl? Okay, David Tyree made a bubblegum catch on his freaking helmet. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Because you can't tell the story of the NFL without him. Okay, so yeah, let me, uh... can. That's one game. Julian Edelman. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Josh, Josh, real quick. Uh, David Tyree, he had 54 receptions over his entire career. My, okay, uh, Julie, cool. Julian, Julian Edelman. Edelman. Put Julian's, Julian Edelman's regular season stats against the best of the best from this era. Okay. Can we put Julian? Can we, 
Can we put Julian Edelman's postseason stats against Julio Jones, AJ now, Green, now tell me how many Antonio Brown? Played. Can you just shut up for a sec? Antonio Brown, uh, Mike Evans. Let's see who else has been great. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Can we put their postseason stats matched up against each other and see how they add up? Because I think because I think Julian Edelman would. I would I would argue that Julian Edelman probably does have more receptions and yards and touchdowns and yards per reception and uh, passing touchdowns than all of those guys combined. Bring it down per game for me then, Joe. How about that? You're basically basically giving him a weighted curve because Tom Brady was his quarterback. Because he's the greatest quarterback of all time and led that team to the Super Bowl. So do we give Jerry Rice a weighted curve because he played in so many postseason games and he also had the second greatest quarterback of all time in Joe Montana? That's do we a give dumb him a weighted argument considering why is he's the best wide receiver in regular season history? But why Come why on, is no? why why is that a, you compare Julian Edelman to David Tyree? David you, you Tyree said pre-show, can you not tell the history of the NFL without Julian Edelman? That is literally what you said pre-show. I, no, Ryan said that. That's that is me. false. You said it? <laughs> that is false. Ryan said that. That's always my debate for the Hall of Fame. And you brought up David Tyree. Great catch, great game. One game, one time. Edelman did it repeatedly, not just the catch. Three Super Bowls. I believe he was the MVP of one of them. Yep. When he had, uh, hold on, just uh, real quick. In that game, he had 10 catches for 141 yards. He I'm was literally. White had he, a 14 catch he, or 10 catch Super Bowl. He was. He didn't win MVP that year. He was literally. You picked the one year that Brady was eh in a Super Bowl. Like. I'm sorry. How were he, how how was he how was he in his first three wins? Just checking that because I'm pretty sure that was all defense in his first yeah, three wins. Yeah. Okay. So Julian Edelman, remember uh, remember when they played the Eagles and Dion Branch won MVP? Uh, I think Julian Edelman did the same fucking thing. So, uh, 10 catches, 141 yards. That's a 14.1 yards per reception, Josh, if you can't do quick math in your head. Looking at every single postseason game, he has had double-digit targets. Every single game he has started in the postseason. Every single one. And he's had no less than five receptions. And in that five-reception game, he averaged 17.4 yards per reception, which is the highest he ever recorded in a single postseason game. It's not even close. It's okay, not cool. even Regular close. Regular season still matters, dude. Julian Edelman, is ne- still matters. Ju- Julian Edelman has never had lower than a double-digit yards per reception in any any regular season when he has started at least three games. Never. <laughs> And then we have to take into effect into account that he's a wide receiver turned quarter or quarterback turned wide receiver, yep. seventh round pick. Like there's a lot of things that play into the story of Julian Edelman that I think drives him towards the Hall of Fame. I definitely lean on the side of yes to no. I did just see one very interesting thing. All this postseason talk, and I, this is gonna sound weird saying it, he only has five postseason touchdown catches. And that seems really low. For like this postseason debate of how great he is, so he's never been a touchdown guy though. Oh, I know. Most just... most touchdowns ever in a season was seven, and he only played nine games that year. Yeah, he sounds like 19. a Hall of Famer. Nah, yeah, sounds a lot like a Hall of Famer. No Pro Bowls, no All Pros. Yeah, <laughs> sign him up. So hold on, does Wes Welker belong in the Hall of Fame? No, 
because he basically invented the slot position. Okay, cool. He doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Does Mariano Rivera belong in the Hall of Fame? Because we don't consider closers actual people in baseball. Who but does? Mariano Rivera should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, not going to argue baseball. We used to. <laughs> like, everyone's like, oh, he's only a closer, blah, blah, blah. He only pitches one inning. No, I don't. Like, he pitched that, a lot more than really, one inning more often. Is that really an not. argument? I thought closers were widely accepted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like who's, who's canceling Kickers them? aren't, but closers Joe, I, are. Joe, I feel like you're pushing me off of your side at this point. Now yeah, see? <laughs> hold on, wait. Hold on. Hold on. There was a debate when Rivera was put in the Hall of Fame. People were talking about, he's a closer. Should he even be in the Hall of Fame because he's a specialist? Really? That was I, a debate. I... I I was not aware. I that was that. a debate. So get out of here. That was a debate. Slot receiver is a specialist position in the NFL. That is a special position. A specialist would be a punter or a kicker. A slot yeah, receiver not. is not a specialist. A long snapper, too? Yes. That's a He's specialist. Special. <laughs> a slot Could, receiver is not a specialist, dude. That is a, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Could you put a slot receiver to play the outside? Yes. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. A true slot receiver you cannot put us. Wes Welker's not running a fucking deep route. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. Wes Welker's not running a deep route. He's I, running this with is a, how you know Joe's a Patriots fan. I bet, I bet, and I don't know if these stats even exist, but I bet Welker lined up in the slot 75% or less. It just doesn't, they don't line up there 100% of the time. The guys in the slot... This year, I just saw the stats pop up. It was like incredibly low compared to what you think would happen. So, okay, I, it's not a specialist. You can put them anywhere. Okay, so so regardless, <laughs> Ryan's dancing on the line I mean, doesn't want to make, make a decision. Can, no, I'm, I'm still gonna go with you. Receivers aren't as effective on the outside. Sure, it doesn't matter. You, you don't have guys like very, unless you're a a literally part time player. You're not playing a hundred percent of your snaps on the slot. Big Lou already said no. It's over. Yeah, he's a moron. He's 50 years old. His brain's going. Like Joe's dad, by the way, Chris. Yeah, my dad. Moron. Brain's going. He's 51. Can't remember his own son's name half the time. Like, I mean, if we're creating a playoff Hall of Fame, you know, Edelman's 1A, I guess, at this point. He's a but... Patriots Hall of Famer. I will, con I will concede Well, yeah, that there's point. no debating that. No debate. No debate at all. He's not an NFL Hall of Famer. Okay. Well, in seven years when he's inducted, you can, you know, <laughs> shove your midsection in your mouth and shut up because seconds. that's it's it's gonna happen. I'm I'm sorry. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. He <laughs> he will be in the Hall of Fame. Whether you people like it or not, he is gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, there's plenty of people that don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame that are in yes, the Hall of Fame. Yes, seventy five percent of the Hall of Fame shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I that agree. is a fact. That's why I, Julian Edelman's getting in. That's what that's why Eli Manning is going to get I in. I never said he wasn't getting in. I said he didn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, feel like have, <laughs> I feel like we should have to kick people out to put people in. Put Your time here's done. Get right. out of here. No longer a Hall of Famer, bitch. <laughs> All right, let's get to the real point of this here's, show. Like, here's, this, yeah. here's this statue. We don't need it anymore. <laughs> the, All right, see, Sean runs the show. He's already telling us. Next topic. Let's the, go. The whole point of this show is receivers. So, am I being told to ring the, the bell on myself? Listen, class. Sean, Sean, the whole show is about receivers. Okay. Good intro. Don't yell at us, Sean. 
Hey, All right. No, we we're going to get fan. into we have one fan. We can't piss him off. <laughs> we have more than one fan. We have more than one fan. Sean's just the top fan. Sean's the top dog. All right. Let's get into uh, the rankings here for the 2021 class at wide receiver. So starting with Christians, then we'll go to our own Zach. So Christian, in order from 1 to 10, has Jamar Chase of LSU, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, Jalen Waddle from Alabama, Rondale Moore, Purdue, Devonta Smith from Bama, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, Amon Ra St. Brown from USC, Terrence Marshall, also from LSU, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State, and Seth Williams from Auburn. And then Zach... Our guy also has Jamar Chase at one, Rashad Bateman at two, Devonta Smith at three, and his college teammate Jalen Waddle at four, Rondell Moore at five, Talon Wallace at six, Terrence Marshall at seven, Amon Ross St. Brown at eight, Elijah Moore nine, Kadarius Toney at ten, and to give you two freebies here, uh, Amari Rogers from Clemson at 11, and Diami Brown from UNC, the electric football school that is UNC. <laughs> All right. So I just, I guess Josh wants uh, Christian to talk about Rashad Bateman because apparently I don't think Rashad Bateman's going to do anything in the NFL. Go ahead, Christian. I never said, never said this ever, but continue. Oh, no, you did. You basically said that uh, no good receivers have come from Minnesota. So ipso facto, uh, Rashad Bateman's going to suck. <laughs> never said that, but go ahead. You did. Listen, I will find the clip. Jury's still, out. <laughs> Jury's still out on Tyler Johnson too. He flashed a little bit last year. Um, yeah, I did. liked him as a prospect. However, Rashad Bateman is like three times the prospect that Tyler Johnson was, at least in my opinion. Uh, Bateman, I actually had him wide receiver one for my entire process until I found out that he was freaking two inches shorter and 20 pounds lighter than what he was listed at. And so (laughs) some people will say, like, is that really pushing him down your rankings? Yeah, absolutely. Because what he did at 6'2", 210 or whatever, is it looks a lot different when it's six foot flat and 190 um and with him coming out and saying oh i've never weighed 200 pounds uh and basically throwing minnesota under the bus for listing him incorrectly for three years uh that's that kind of pushed him down my rankings and i kind of came to my senses with jamar chase at one but bateman is fun we actually on my show just talked to matt waldman this week and i we asked him a question about uh releases and route running and I wanted him to talk about Bateman and thank God he got there because I was really holding out hope. Uh, we talked about like getting off on press and when these guys see press man coverage, Bateman's actually really good at, at separating. So he's got some, some nice footwork he's got. So I want to say he has really good hands in that he attacks the ball really well. He's not afraid over the middle, which is where he wins mostly. Uh, he did struggle with some drops this year, but he also had Tanner Morgan throwing him the football, which that's that could be a reason that he, he struggled with drops. Uh, but Bateman's probably my favorite receiver in this class. Uh, I would say I like Jamar Chase a lot, but I wish Bateman was two inches taller and 20 pounds heavier, so he would still be my one, but I have to stay true to the process. Bateman's going to be good. I'm telling you, he's an alpha receiver. He... I would love to see him get day one capital, but I don't think it happens. I think he's probably a day two pick, but I'll take that too. T. Higgins was last year. So. Uh, something uh, something I saw on Twitter today, someone had tweeted um, ki- kind of like a, a jab at people who were dropping, guys specifically like Rondale Moore, who I think was five five seven. correct me if I'm wrong, 
And then uh, Jared Patterson, who's 5'6", when he was originally listed at 5'9", I think, at Buffalo. And pe- people were talking like, y'all had y'all bumped up CEH because he went to the Chiefs and he's 5'7", but you're bumping down Rondale Moore and Jared Patterson because they're 5'7 and 5'6". And I guess the, the theory behind that is if you love the guy and you love his talent, how much does the measurables weigh into that? And I guess, Christian, for you, it weighed into it enough to put Jamar Chase over Rashad Bateman at this point. Yeah, and, and they're still in the same tier for me. Um, I will say that. That's that's my tier one is Chase and Bateman. Um, unfortunately, with we, I have a, a pretty kind of unique process. We have like 12 different metrics that we measure, and then we bake in some analytics. But one of the things is size and Unfortunately, it, I mean, I had to knock his size grade down just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but the talent's still there. Bateman's, Bateman's going to be good. And I really hope – I saw him uh, – Mel Kuyper, I think, mocked him to Green Bay in the first round, which I would love to see him opposite Devontae Adams because having those two running routes and creating separation would just be the most fun thing to watch in the world. Oh, God. So Aaron Rodgers become would a be like a little kid in a candy store at that point. Are you kidding me? Whew, right? I would love it. <laughs> That'd be and then, sick. If Jordan Love ever gets a chance, then he would actually have two really, really good receivers right off the bat. So I'd love to see it. Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, I mean, I, I feel like Bateman to Green Bay would definitely hurt his fantasy stock. Uh, sure. I, you know, I, I, you like wide receiver twos in high-impact offenses, but again, because of how much Aaron Rodgers loves Devontae Adams, you wonder how much, how much he starts leaning that way. I mean, a lot of people see Devontae Adams in Rashad Bateman's game. So I think that uh, there could definitely be some, like, heir apparent successor type thought process there if Green Bay does go that route. I've seen uh, mocks where the Eagles are trading back into the back end of the first round to snag Bateman at, like, I don't know, 28, 29, 30, something along those lines. Uh, I think in in our mock draft that we were doing uh, in our Twitter DM group, I he, Bateman ended up going in the first round. Um but I personally, I'm a huge fan of Bateman. I, I absolutely love the kid. He does so many things well. And I think that he's getting a, he's not as highly thought of simply because he's playing at Minnesota. And a lot of people, I think, knock Tyler Johnson, not necessarily because of that, but just from some off-field issues uh, that kind of helped him drop to the fifth round. But, I mean, everything I saw from Tyler Johnson, this dude was silky smooth in his routes. Like, he, he got off the ball really well. And there's a lot of that that you see with Rashad Bateman too. And and I think that just the the body control that he has far outweighed what Tyler Johnson ever had. Yeah. Just to, I, sorry, go ahead, Christian. No, no, I was going to say ahead. one more thing. So I, I got into some arguments with some guys on Twitter, of course. I mean, where else do you argue? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but but uh, they, were, they were telling me that Rashad Bateman only wins on double moves and he, he can only create separation when he's – He's tossing some double moves in. That is not really accurate at all. The dude can – he's got a jab at the top of his routes, and his ability to come back to the ball is what creates that separation. I think his player profiler uh, comp in their system is actually Stefan Diggs, which I don't really – I don't know if that's the one I would go with. I I think I see a lot of Chris Godwin in him with a little less athleticism, um, but – I think that he has that type of fantasy upside where we saw Chris Godwin be like the wide receiver. What one? I think he finished one, two years ago. Right. So, Oh, three, I, I think, I think it was, was I he? think it ended up, yeah, yeah. like two or three. He was top like five. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Bateman's got that baked into his skill set for sure. Yeah, you are right. His his uh, player profile comparison is Stefan Diggs. Um, he runs a four four eight forty yard dash. By no means a a blazer, but by all, by no means a slow guy. I would say it's you're you're a little above average when you're sitting there. I believe just for reference, Nikhil Harry, I believe ran a four five. Um, not saying Rashad Bateman is Nikhil Harry, but just on the on the speed. God, the speed. we hope not. <laughs> yeah, on the, on the speed side of things. Sean brings up a good question because we talked about it hurting Devonta Adams, assuming Rashad Bateman goes to the Packers. Does this hor- does this hurt Tunyon or Adams more? And he says Tunyon's got to come back to earth on the touchdowns, and that was just crazy. And Sean, I, you're you're right on that standpoint. I think with or without Rashad Bateman, Tunyon's touchdowns are probably coming down three or four in total. Yeah, he was a, he was a red zone guy. It just that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, well, yeah, and he had the one three three touchdown explosion. Yeah. I forget against who, but he had a three touchdown explosions one. I think probably he had a cu- Philly. <laughs> it probably no, was, was Tyler Higby. <laughs> it was every it was every actually tight end that played the Eagles <laughs> that year. Um, but yeah, no, I it, I think no matter what, Tanya's going to come down. But you do raise a good point in in that instance, Sean. Is would would that hurt Tanyan? I don't think that would hurt Tanyan this year, but say. In future years, if Tunyon is still there and Bateman then starts to gain more trust with Aaron Rodgers, again, he's old. We're just playing a game here. Um, his rookie year, it's probably not going to affect Tunyon too much. I don't think it's going to affect them at all. And Sean's saying it was the Falcons. And, I, yeah, Sean's I believe it was a Monday night or a Sunday night game. I, I do remember that. Um, yeah, I, I can't see a rookie receiver coming in and hurting one of Aaron Rodgers' top guys an immense amount. Like Devontae Adams is still going to be a top five wide receiver. That's that's no doubt. With with Bateman, with Alabama, he's going to be a top five receiver, no doubt. Uh, Tunyon, same thing. Um, he's still going to be probably a, a fringe top ten guy, and it's really just dependent on his touchdowns. But expect touchdown regression with Tunyon regardless. I, let's I think. be real, though. If your name's not Kelsey, Kittle, or Waller, you have a chance to be a fringe tight end one. Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, it's, it's really the reality of the situation in tight end right now. So. Yep. All right, and then one good question also from our, our buddy Chris. He wants to hear more from you, Christian, about Rondell over Devonta. And they're sitting there 4-5, so they're one right after another. Rondell Moore out of Purdue, obviously coming in very, very short at 5-7, but Devonta Smith coming in very, very skinny at, I don't I feel like I, I weigh more than him. Yeah, I weigh 180. So coming in very, very skinny is Devonta Smith. Obviously, we know the skill Devonta Smith has, and we know the skill Rondell Moore has. But why do you have Rondell Moore slotted one spot higher than Devonta Smith? Um, so a few reasons. I, I would say the the main reason here is that analytical uh, aspect of of our grades that we do bake in. Devonta Smith is not an analytical darling at all. A lot of People who study spreadsheets and the quote-unquote nerds uh, will say that Devontae Smith is more like D.D. Westbrook than he is Marvin Harrison. And while I do not agree with that whatsoever, and my film grade for Devontae Smith is actually higher than Rondale Moore's, I do think that there is some substance to Rondale Moore just absolutely cooking Ohio State uh, in 2018. And I know that's a a one-game sample, but he did that his entire freshman year. The reason I brought up Ohio State is because those guys are in the NFL. And if they're not already, Sean Wade was there. He he uh, cooked up Sean Wade and 
I think Sean Wade's going to play in the NFL here in a couple weeks. Um, so Rondale Moore, I don't think we've seen anything close to his ceiling. I know some people will say he's a gadget player. He has to get, you know, touch passes, handoffs. He profiles like a running back. He's, he's tiny. He, uh, our, uh, my co-host Randy, his comp for Rondale is actually Saquon Barkley. Uh, and that's kind of like when he said that, I was like, that makes more sense to me because he's just a specimen. Devontae Smith, I'm not taking anything away from what he did, but I think it is kind of significant that it took him until his last year in college to do what he did. Now, I know he was with Judy. I know he was with Ruggs, but I saw a tweet today. People talk about, well, you throw away breakout age and early performance for Alabama players. But you look at the Calvin Ridley's of the world. Um, I can't think of who else. Julio uh, Jones went there. Uh, Amari. Right? Amari or, Cooper. Yeah. Amari, yeah. Amari Cooper. So those guys broke out at 18 or 19. And Devontae Smith, while he was in a loaded room with four or three other first round, maybe four with Mechie, maybe four first round receivers, you still have to consider that it did take him until he was the guy to be the guy. Uh, I love Devontae. This tier of Waddlemore and Smith is my second tier, so not a huge difference, and maybe draft capital pushes Smith over more for me when it comes to fantasy rankings, but I do love Rondell Moore. He's he's one of my favorites too. Yeah, that's a guy that uh, I remember last year when we were talking about Brian Edwards how he had a breakout age in the hundredth percentile because he broke out before the age of 18. <laughs> Rondell Moore is kind of in that same wavelength. Like he broke out as a freshman, then his sophomore year, he got hurt this year, only played a few games opt out due to COVID. So he doesn't have a ton of, I guess, game tape, if you will, from the college ranking. So you're basically relying on the big freshman breakout, right? And then it's like, okay, well, how do these injuries play into the whole scope? Is he someone that can hold up? And then you start looking at his size. But then you look at all the the, the athleticism, the verticals, the burst scores, the speed, et cetera. And again, just like you said, the analytics side of it is it popping. My biggest thing is, he's, is he just the slot guy? Are they going to work him outside? How, like, I, I feel like the talent is undeniable, but I almost feel like the production is very landing spot dependent. And I'm curious your thoughts on that specifically. Um, well, that kind of, I guess that goes back to, we, we haven't seen him even really scratch the surface of what his ceiling is, in my opinion, because of how anemic Purdue's offense was. Uh, you, you saw him strictly used behind the line of scrimmage on screen passes. He didn't really get the opportunity to show his good footwork and his good route running ability. And so you put him on a team, even if he is strictly a slot receiver, some of the best slot receivers in the or best receivers in the NFL are slot guys and pretty much primarily slot guys, especially for fantasy. Um, what I think Rondell Moore is going to be is he's just going to be a target hog. He's going to be that guy that runs a few drags. He can get open on a slant, even if he's from the uh, slot. I think he can win vertically. I think he can win intermediate to deep. Uh, I just don't think that Purdue ever used him like that. So while I do think it is kind of landing spot specific, I also think that it won't take a super creative person to make Rondale more better than what he was in college because you don't really have to do too much. The injuries, they do concern me. 
uh, I know there are certain like physical therapists that I've followed just to kind of see if I'm off base. Uh, and they say that not a lot of what Rondell Moore had, like his, I think one, one was his hamstring and then maybe an ankle. Not a lot of that should carry over and be like chronic issues. But I mean, he is, he's, he's not a small guy. He's, he's a short guy, but he takes a lot of hits and he definitely like invites contact kind of like a running back. So uh, you wonder what his durability will look like, but I don't necessarily think that it's super, super landing spot specific. And just looking at a uh, player profiler again, uh, for those that love the breakout age, Rondell Moore is in the 99th percentile at 18.2. Uh, and Devonta Smith, we talked about at 20.8, which is the 43rd percentile. Uh, but his college dominator rating is in the 96th percentile compared to Rondell Moore, who's in the 72nd. So... It's an analytics nightmare, uh, but it's and also just for the comparisons as well because I do like the player comparisons. Rondell Moore is T.Y. Hilton, and Devonta Smith is Joe Horn, throwing it back a good while to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Joe Horn, but yeah, I mean both guys are tiny, five seven, one eighty one for Rondell Moore. Devonta Smith being six foot, but he's one seventy. So you have two tiny guys, and Rondell Moore's hand size is eight and three quarters. That is puny for a wide receiver and yeah. devonta smith but he doesn't nine... need to throw the football so it's okay no he doesn't need to throw. this is true doesn't need to throw the football this is true um and devonta smith is nine and a quarter again it's average devonta smith average hand size no, nothing crazy um chris also asked to and i think i know the answer to this but who would you who would you prefer green bay to draft and this is a address to everybody uh if they draft a wide receiver assuming in the first round uh rondale moore or rashad bateman and i'll start with you christian um, who do you want opposite Devontae Adams? Well, the thing is, is because Bateman's so much like Devontae Adams in certain ways, I think Rondell Moore is probably just as effective. So I guess I, it doesn't matter. No, I'd still take Rashad Bateman. Okay. Yeah. Josh? I, I would go more personally. Uh, I think that what MVS showed last year, he can get deep. Obviously, we know the the issues with the hands and everything, but I, I think it it ultimately builds a more well-rounded offense. You have a do-it-all wide receiver with Adams. You have the deep threat in MVS, and then you have the guy in the slot, Rondell Moore, who can work underneath and play the matchups. If the safeties are taking away uh, the deep ball with MVS, Rondell Moore can kill you on the inside. I, I think schematically, Moore makes more sense in that instance, personally. But, yeah. you know... I don't think you can really go wrong either way, personally. If you're telling me you could put two Devonte Adams on the field at the same time, I'm going to go with the guy who's going to be the second Devonte Adams. So I'll go, sure. I'll go Rashad Bateman there. Um, but no, the the Rondell Moore argument clearly makes sense. Makes you want to do more a more well-rounded offense, and yay, woo, we all look but, good. But you know, and, and I think too, it, it would actually help more in fantasy. I mean, when a, one thing what I was doing when I was pulling information for our stars of tomorrow graphics. Rondell Moore had one of, if not the lowest average depth of targets among this wide receiver class. Like it is stupid low. I think it's below six yards uh, in the air. And I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. So he's basically getting all of these yards after the catch and after contact. Like that's pretty impressive when you stop and think about it. Yes. I don't know what his average depth of target is or whatever that dumb stat is, but he had 11 yards per reception. So my guess, if he's, I mean, if he's catching within five yards of the line of scrimmage, he's on average gaining 
six yards after the game. He's basically over doubling what he does after he catches the football, which which is huge. Which that is that's obviously huge. Um, all right, let's get into some of these other guys here. I am looking in. A, I guess slot receivers are the big thing is what is what Josh typed in here into the show doc. It seems like just a lot of tiny. I mean, we talked about two tiny guys, Rondale Moore, Devonta Smith. Then you obviously you have some bigger guys sitting in this class. Well, Jamar Chase is kind of a do it all receiver as well. Won't spend too much time on Jamar Chase. Just uh, I feel what more needs to be said. Like everyone. Yeah, he's he's legit. (laughs) Look at LSU's track record at, at producing receivers since 2014. Like, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Um, some other guys that are lower to in fluctuate in people's rankings. I feel like I see Jalen Waddle here in the top five for Zach and Christian. But I've also felt like I've seen Jalen Waddle not even in a lot of people's top fives in way out of the first round. And guys also like Terrence Marshall, who I've seen in some people's top fives and going to the green Bay Packers and others where he is nowhere to be seen. So in two guys from two top football schools, LSU and Alabama in two schools that produce really good wide receivers in the NFL, Alabama and LSU. Let's start with Jalen Waddle. Cause Christian, you have him at three and you have Terrence Marshall at eight. So Jalen Waddle, why do you like him that high? You have him above Rondale Moore and his counterpart, Devonta Smith, at Alabama. What do you like so much about Jalen Waddle? Put him as your top guy in your second tier. So I actually just typed out his uh, the, our, our little blurb for our draft guide that drops this week. Shameless plug there. Very excited about that. Um, plug it. Shamelessly plug all your stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. The draft guide should be out Saturday. Um, I, it was Friday, now it's Saturday, but uh, really excited for that. But you'll see in there, I talk about Jalen Waddle in that you can say he's just a speed guy, right? You can say he doesn't have refined route running. These are things that Henry Ruggs had like put on him last year. He, he was a re- really fast guy, not the greatest at actually creating separation with anything other than speed. Uh, and then we didn't really see a ton of downfield work for Henry Ruggs. Jalen Waddle is, and I know this sounds lazy, uh, Jalen Waddle is the closest thing we've seen to Tyree Kill since Tyree Kill came into the league. And the reason is the thing that makes Tyree Kill one of the best receivers in the NFL is not actually his speed. Obviously, that definitely helps. But I think when you look at how Tyree Kill is able to actually win uh, in the shorter routes and the intermediate routes, it's his physicality at the catch point. The dude goes up and he is aggressive. You don't really see that with speed guys. Normally you see a speed guy, they're they're not attacking the ball well. Uh, they're not really getting up. They're a little nervous to jump up and absorb a hit. Jalen Waddle does all those things. And I'll tell you what, the catch, it's going to be on every highlight film that you see here in the next couple of weeks, but the catch against Missouri where uh, Tyree Gillespie just absolutely annihilates Jalen Waddle while he's midair. He kind of got spun around. Uh, one of the the better catches of the season, I would put that up against Devontae's uh, dive back catch. Jalen Waddle does that constantly, though. He bailed out Mac Jones on a ton of like okay throws, um, and that's not something that you normally see from speed guys. So then when you add in the ability to create plays with just his legs and and not even need to use that route running or that physicality, then what you have is 
what I think is going to be a, a dominant wide receiver one for a team. And it, it's tough to say that because I was high on Henry Ruggs last year, and I feel like I learned a lot from that. And Jalen Waddle's analytical profile, it sucks. I understand. Uh, however, I don't know that we've seen a guy that has this much refinement in his route running, uh, that speed and that physicality in a very long time. So I love him. I think he was actually better than Smith in his freshman year when Smith was in his second year. Uh, so I think that's significant as well. I know that a lot of people have Devontae Smith ahead of Jalen Waddle, but not one of those guys. I love Jalen Waddle. Like every time I put the film on this guy and I'm just watching him and my roommate's an Alabama fan. So like Alabama games are on all the freaking time, but just watching this kid play, I, like it's jaw dropping half the time. Just the way that he yeah. gets down the field, the way that he controls his body, he goes up for these catches and he's not even like a big guy, but he can flat out fly and then watching him on punt returns too he offers a type of versatility that a lot of these other wide receivers don't which i think will help him obviously get on the field more but it could take away from the additional wide receiver snaps that if he were to go in the first round obviously us as fantasy managers want to see from him but again sometimes with these rookies and and i and i hate throwing this comparison out there but people keep throwing around tyree kill and as a, a rookie wide receiver, that was kind of how Tyreek made his name was in the return game. And he still gets back there on occasion. But when you're able to chip in a touchdown, an extra two or maybe even three, if you're lucky, punt return touchdowns, that adds some value in fantasy, especially if it's a league where you get added return yards as well. So just kind of something to keep in mind. What player profiler has his comparison to is John Brown which you could, I guess you could kind of see a little bit of Hill's game. I mean, John Brown is fast. Mm -hmm. He's very fast and is a deep threat and is a shorter guy. Jalen Waddle's 5'9", 180. Another small dude, like a tiny dude. Not a, This class doesn't really have too many big, big uh, guys in it, like a Mike Evans well, or someone like that. And we've seen John Brown be very good in the NFL. So, I John, mean, I, like, I don't... John Brown's nasty. Yeah, like, I don't hate that comparison. I mean, I think what really derailed him was the injuries. And obviously with, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, but the sickle cell treatments and uh, issues that he's had, that's a lot of what set him back. So, I mean, you know, he had one good year in Arizona. He had one really good year two years ago in Buffalo. Again, struggled with injuries a little bit last year. But, I mean, if you get a healthy John Brown, if, if you're telling me that that's Jalen Waddle's floor, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Even a ceiling, I, I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah. I, I have one more comment on Jalen Waddle, and I, I think it's probably a hot take at this point, um, just depending on what the Bengals do. I think there's a really good shot that Jalen Waddle is the first wide receiver off the board. I think you saw it last year with Rugs. Speed kills. Exactly. Yeah. Speed and I, I've been, I think Jeremiah. And they were the out. ones that took John Ross, so they clearly value speed. <laughs> very, very true. I, I think if the Bengals don't go Pitts or Sewell, I think Chase is probably the pick just because Joe Burrow is probably in their ear a little bit. Yeah. But if they do go Pitts or Sewell, then I think Miami's taking Waddle. That's that's kind of what I think. Yeah. It, the, the Bengals will take Jamar Chase if – if they don't do any of the other two. I mean, it's look, Jamar I would love Chase. Jamar Chase with Burrow, but, I mean, at a certain point, it's like, come on, protect the guy, for God's sakes. Like, he just suffered a torn ACL. Come on, man. <laughs> well, it, it, here's the thing. So, 
say one, two, three, a quarterbacks. That's not even a question at this point. One, two, three, a quarterbacks. So say Atlanta stays. Why they need a they need any form of an offensive line. So to me, they probably take Sewell. That leaves Cincy at five. They could trade back if someone wants to trade up to take a quarterback or maybe get ahead of Miami to take a receiver that they think Miami might be in on. But if not, if Cincy wants to stay put, take Chase, and then you have an early pick in the second round to protect Joe Burrow with. And Josh, you, you've said it multiple times. I think you said it a lot last week. This is a deep offensive line class. So you can find guys in the second, third, and fourth round that are going to be productive guys. And it was um, four or five years ago now at this point when the Patriots drafted Joe Tooney. That was a super deep class. Tooney went in the back of the third round. Like he was, I believe he was close to a compensatory pick. So Joe Tooney's an all pro. For those that don't follow offensive linemen whatsoever, Joe Tooney is... (laughs) Probably one of the best, if not the best, guards in the NFL and is an all-pro. So you can find guys like that later in the draft on day two. Day three, you're kind of stretching it. But on day two, you can definitely find those guys. So I think you're definitely more likely to hit on late-round picks with linemen in the trenches, whether that's offensive or defensive. 100%. Than you are at, at the skill positions. And I think that's honestly why teams are drafting skill positions more now. Because, like, hey, we can find these guys later in the line. So maybe, maybe that, maybe that is why the Bengals decide to pass on Sewell if the Falcons don't take him. Yeah, and and that's it, it, the the big question for Cincy's thing is what's happening with Atlanta. And I I think unless the Bengals have their sights set on Sewell, I don't think there's anyone trying to jump the Bengals to steal their pick. I don't think any. I don't think there's any team trying to do that, unless a team is dying to get Sewell. And there's and, a lot of reports that Atlanta's talked a lot with Kyle Pitts. I think and, that's, like, you could very well see that be the pick. And that's what two years after they traded a second and a fourth to, or a second and a fifth to move up or uh, to get Hayden Hurst from Baltimore. Like yeah, yeah, one year okay. removed, one year yeah. removed, yeah. I, I mean, it just feels like a waste of draft capital. And again, I'm not saying that Hayden Hurst is better than Kyle Pitts. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that. But when you're a team that has a bunch of holes, I think sometimes it's okay to take the best player available at a position that you kind of need, especially when you're sitting at number four. So, uh, just my Smith, two cents. Uh, Arthur Smith coming in. Can Kyle Pitts block? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I I don't I have no freaking clue. Um, but <laughs> this is why we bring on other. So I bring on Christian. He, sh- he shouldn't block, but he can block. He okay, should be running that's... around every play. Oh, hundred. I mean, I've seen I've seen highlights of his route running. <laughs> I don't. I've never seen a highlight of him blocking. Um, yeah. But because that's not a highlight, Joe. <laughs> you know, obviously. Well, unless you're George Kittle and you pancake someone, that's 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 a highlight. But maybe just again thinking Arthur Smith coming from Tennessee. He had John U. Smith for two years and John U. Smith was a guy who was probably the most athletic tight end he, at athletic freak, but he could also block. And if Kyle Pitts is that same guy, maybe Arthur Smith looks at that and says, okay, I could put Kyle Pitts at running back receiver or left tackle. And we could succeed with him in, in, in any position at that point. So maybe he sees the versatility there and utilizes Kyle Pitts 
as that guy to as like that sixth offensive lineman, but a guy where he could be a threat in the passing game or the run game every single snap. Whereas, you know, you go get a guy like Sewell, he's a tackle. What more is he going to do? Um, I'm not saying Atlanta should draft the tight end. They should draft a lineman. They 100% should draft a lineman. But the thought may be, if, if Arthur Smith really wants to double down here, take Pitts, and then at the start of the second round, take Najee Harris if he falls. Because then you're really building a Tennessee yeah, I, Titans I offense. See, yeah, I was going to say, I could see them definitely, if they do go Pitts, running a lot more 12 personnel with Pitts and Hurst on the field. Because both of them are very capable blockers. And yeah, we know yeah, what you run two tight ends. He wants to run the football, so I mean, yeah, it's what he, he had with Derrick Henry. So let's see what we can replicate. And I mean, Mike Davis had a good year last year, but he's not yeah. the guy to to build that offense around, in my opinion. So no, no, but you, yeah, you'd run a two tight end set is yep. is mostly what you'd be looking at there. All right, let's wrap up the show because we only got a few more minutes left with Christian. We're gonna do. It's apparently the title is called "Teams Desperate for Wide Receiver Help." We didn't have a good name for it. Josh types up the documents. Um, we there's a lot of teams. I didn't here. know I needed to come up with actual like yeah segment names. I was yeah. just putting something bold like hey, this is what we're moving on to. Stupid. All right, so it's Philly, Detroit, Work Green Bay. Yeah, Philly, Detroit, Green Bay, Miami, New England, and Houston are the six teams we have highlighted. So over the next 15 minutes, we're gonna try and fly through all these. Give like a quick elevator pitch and why you think this person would be perfect for this team or you think they'd be good for that team. Uh, and you, I guess you can duplicate players if you want to on teams, but maybe try and keep it separate if you can. Let's start with Josh's beloved Eagles. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you because I see yours is on here. Um, Tell me why Jamar Chase, because you have two receivers, and I'm going to pick one well, for I, I you. I put two because, again, like we saw last year, like everybody was mocking wide receivers early, and then they ended up slipping. And teams always end up valuing certain positions more, a la defensive end. And if those positions aren't as deep, teams will reach. And I think we, you know, you might very well see that same thing happen this year. Teams might reach for a position of need, even in a weaker class, because they want to make sure they get the best, even if it is a weaker class. So you could see a position where wide receivers start to slip. I obviously mentioned Jamar Chase because he's the best wide receiver in this class, and the Eagles need a good wide receiver, plain and simple. Uh, but I followed that up with Bateman because I think he's kind of that next-level guy after Chase. Uh, same thing that Christian said and what our, our own Zach Smith pointed out. Like, I love Rashad Bateman. I think he has those types of tools and they could get him later in the draft. Like they're picking at 12 currently. Maybe they decide to keep accumulating more draft picks. If they keep trading back, maybe they get into the twenties. Bateman's still there. Or like I mentioned earlier in the show, maybe they trade back up into the back end of the first from where they're at in the second. And they snag a guy like Bateman. They need an alpha chase Bateman. Both of these guys, they're alphas. That's why I, I've kind of highlighted both of them. Christian? I can't argue it. Uh, it's Howie, though. He could just take Bateman right at their slot because he does things right. like that. Uh, but I still think they're going to go defense because they. that's my personal opinion, but I think that's really why they traded back. 
I don't remember what I mocked there for my final mock, which hasn't dropped yet, so I wouldn't say it anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Christian. Give us a tease, damn it. <laughs> uh, I know it's not Bateman. I, I like Bateman. I'll give you guys a little bit of a, a deeper look, though. Sorry, I'm looking at my list. Um, oh, let's look at some third, fourth round guys. I'm all about it. So I guess uh, a Tamorian Terry, maybe, or a Nico Collins. Uh, those two guys profile it as potential alphas that you can get later. So if you if you do go defense or if you go with offensive line or some other position, uh, I think you can still find guys that could play that role for you at the the X receiver. So yeah, one of those two guys, I'll go with them. Yeah, for those that are listening that are looking for like late round dart throw rookie picks, Tamari and Terry, that's a name to know. And I know there's plenty of people that are beating that drum. Uh, across nice. fantasy football Twitter, but that's definitely a guy to keep in mind in the third, is, fourth, fifth rounds, depending on where he, he goes. He's going to drop to the. I have four fourth round picks in this upcoming. Uh, he could make draft. it. All right. Well, I he might could, use. He one, could very well make it there. So might might use one of the four on him if if he falls that far. All right. Let's go to the uh, Miami Dolphins. We talked about the Green Bay Packers a good amount there, so we won't discuss them too much. But the Miami Dolphins, uh, Christian, you said quickly. Jalen Waddle, do you still do you believe that that's the fit there? Absolutely. Yeah, they okay. need a guy that can uh, actually show that he's open rather than like be NFL open, and Waddle can do that for Tua. So plus they have some chemistry already. So good call. All right, Josh. I like Elijah Moore there. I like a guy. I mean, Moore played predominantly out of the slot. It doesn't seem like they want to give up on Preston Williams yet. And you've got two big body guys on the outside in Williams and Parker that are going to demand coverage. They have the contested catchability just with their size. And I think Moore could show what he's capable of running from the slot. He had a very high market share among uh, the college receivers in this draft class at Ole Miss. And if, you know, somebody that could work under the middle there, he could do some damage. I like that fit. And I think that's somebody they could potentially get either with their second first round pick or even with the Houston pick in the second round. Let's go to Detroit where they lost their entire offense. <laughs> legitimately their entire <laughs> offense. Uh, Christian, I'll start with you. Um, what poor soul is going to have to catch the ball off the ground from Jared Goff? All of them, man. They need to draft <laughs> all of them. Uh, I think so based on what I think my board will be, I actually don't have them going first round receiver, which is absurd, but it would be a Lions thing to they do. They need a lot of help though. So they're they're like wide receiver two right now is Tyrell Williams. It's disgusting. It's fucking gross. Um I'll say Is that you saying that their wide receiver one is Quintez Cephas? I'm just curious. I don't know who their wide receiver <laughs> one is right now, man. It's if you it's not if, good. If you have Quintez Cephas in Dynasty and he pops off for a game. Trade him. Trade him. Yep. <laughs> it's not going to do anything else. All right. I'll I'll give a I'll give a name. I think Devontae Smith would be fine there. Uh, they just need someone to catch the football. Uh, I think Deami Brown works there. I think later rounds, I think Shy Smith would be perfect for them because they'll get a guy that can win out of the slot, and that's basically all that Jared Goff can really throw to. He'd be their Cooper Cup. So. So I'm I'm looking at the Lions 2021 draft picks. They don't really have a lot to rebuild this year. They uh, have five draft picks. Yeah, I think they're definitely a team to watch in the top 10 oh. that could be looking to move back. Absolutely. I, I take that back. They have six because they acquired one from the Rams. Gotcha. 
because they got Jared Goff from the Rams, and the Rams are like, please, God, take him. That's that's essentially <laughs> what the Ram, Rams did in that trade. All right, next team, my uh, New England Patriots here. Christian, we'll start with you. Uh, who should the Patriots are? What do you what do you see as the best fit for the Patriots? Um, so this is definitely not a first round receiver in my opinion. So then I look at like what their receiver room looks like right now, and they're all very very small guys for the most part, and really good. Really, really sure. good. You forgot mm-hmm. to mention yeah. really, really good. Yeah, well, yeah. we could go with that. Uh, yeah. so... Super good. Super good. <laughs> I think a good fit. A good fit. Let's see. Uh, I th- Well, I think they'd like Amari Rogers a lot. I don't like Amari Rogers as much as other people do, uh, but I think that Bill will. I think Josh Palmer out of Tennessee would be a good fit for them because he's definitely not the type of receiver that they have. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Jonathan Adams uh, from Arkansas State, who just pop on his highlight film and you'll fall in love with him and then watch some actual real games. But pop on the highlight film first because this dude is a going to be a red zone problem. My comp is Kenny Galladay. Uh, I think that's kind of what you're looking at for Jonathan Adams. So I think he'd be perfect for them. Okay, Josh? I, I was looking at kind of like the names that, we've mentioned today but uh i think someone like tylen wallace could work um seems like like they want to keep jacoby myers in the slot and i think that's where he's been most successful anyway um i don't know if they're ready yet to give up on nikhil harry and he's going to be their outside guy so i think they need another outside guy and i think that's really where tylen wallace fits best um our friend lindell you know linda she's all about her oklahoma state uh, players and and she's all about Tylen Wallace and honestly like when I put on the tape with him I he's fun to watch uh, he's not afraid to go up and get the ball I know there's a lot of injury concerns and things of that nature so I you know I think you could end up seeing him slide a little bit as a result um, and I think that would put the Patriots in play to maybe take a chance on him maybe he makes it to the third round because they I think that this could be the year they end up going quarterback early quick comment on Tylen. uh he's a miniature mike williams just a smaller version i'll, I'll I like take it, it. i'd take I'd, it too. wow it, does he get injured as much <laughs> yes <laughs> oh. <laughs> unfortunately okay. well, my my answer for who should the patriots draft it's the exact opposite of that guy literally anyone that's living and breathing and can play 16 games that that's, that's all good. we need you need Living. 17 now, Joe. Get it right. Oh, you are correct. Yes. <laughs> that that darn 17th game. I think at this point, if you can play 13, I'll take it. So It's just, all right. So These longer seasons, man, it's just, it's going to take a toll on players. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get full, a lot of full game slates from most players anymore. So I don't think you will either. There'll be some rests in there, but uh, don't, don't uh, sleep on Gunnar Olszewski in the slot there, Joshua. I'm, I'm sleeping. Oh, don't sleep. <laughs> don't sleep. <laughs> I listen. Is Gunnar Olszewski that good? Hell no. He is not good at all. He's a fantastic punt returner. He's a great special teams guy. Um, specialist. Yeah, specialist. Uh, he could become an offensive specialist at the slot receiver position. <laughs> uh, it, I want Gunnar Olszewski to be good so badly because his name is just amazing. 
but he's also like hardworking dude. Hope Olszewski can get there. If not, it's going to be Jacoby Myers in the slot, most likely. That's it's mostly going to be Myers. Whatever rookie comes in, their competition is Nelson Aguilar, so they should have a pretty decent shot at seeing some time. But you two two tight end set, Jonah Smith, Hunter Henry. Don't whoever whoever the Patriots take as their receiver. If it's in the top three rounds, if it's after that, don't worry about them. But if it's in the top three rounds, don't go don't go chasing them. If you're a Patriots fan, don't draft them in Dynasty in like the second round because you're a homer. Please don't. As a Patriots fan, just save them to the fifth round because they're they're never going to see the field. Bill Belichick won't trust them. Josh McDaniels will hate them. So just stay away. Stay far away from whoever the Patriots draft. It's it's going to be cancerous for for that for that person. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. Uh, not as bad as playing in Detroit, though, but it is going to be near as bad. Also, not near as bad as playing in Houston. So Josh says any living soul needs to go to any Houston. Any living, breathing soul. <laughs> breathing soul needs to go to Houston. Christian, with three and a half minutes left on the clock here, um, Houston just needs a, a, a football team, I guess, at this point. They need a quarterback yeah. settled right now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a topic. Because um, you're with with Houston, you're looking at late round guys because they don't yeah, have a pick before. They don't have anything. So, yeah, it's, it's not good. I think Des Fitzpatrick from Louisville would would make some sense. Um, Marquez Stevenson could be a guy that they look at. Uh, th- I, I agree. Really, anyone. The problem is they have so many holes that I think they wait until what, fifth or sixth round, whenever their picks are back there. And then you're just getting into guys that would be lucky to make the team. So it's tough. This is... Let's see what Isaiah Coulter has. Give him a shot. I like Coulter. This, this is so sad. The Texans don't have a draft pick until the third round, number 67, which is the, uh, which is the sec- uh, third pick in the third round. Then one in the fourth two in the fifth they actually don't even have any of their own sixth round they actually don't have any of their own picks after pick 147 they're all traded picks from other teams so the texans don't care about draft picks is is how it boils down not for actually for lack of trying because they just give away everything did you see that i think it was si now or something it was um deandre the deandre hopkins trade the arizona cardinals were given an award for the best trade of the decade, and it was the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I, I'm pretty sure that was an award that I saw on Twitter. They were given an Sorry. award for that, and that's just sad if you're the Texans. That's just sad that you let that happen. But I'm Texans fans, you have Brandon Cooks, I guess. Like, but for now. Which I wouldn't hate if we knew that Deshaun Watson was playing this year. I, I mean I wouldn't have an issue yeah, if, yeah if Watson was playing and Cooks was and Cooks was the receiver yeah that's that's fine but you're currently like who I, I'm I'm looking right now who's their backup like Tyrod if Taylor, is it it is Tyrod Taylor that okay so your your quarterback battle is Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Finley that's your quarterback battle right now if Deshaun Watson. Can't That's play. a training camp battle to see right there, guys. Wow. A training camp battle of Tarod Taylor and Ryan Finley or the training camp battle of Ryan Fitzpatrick and the future Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke. 
I'm more excited for the one happening in our nation's capital than I am happening in Houston, Texas. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm rooting for Taylor Heineke. I don't. Tyrod Ty, Ty Ty Rod needs to retire. He has been stabbed on the job. He needs to retire at this point. His luck his luck has run out. All right, that's all we have, Christian. Anything else that you want to point out with any of these guys before we wrap up? Uh, I don't think so. I I should say so. Seth Williams hopped up into my top ten over Deami Brown. I did want to justify it because his breakout age actually, uh, <clears throat> I think jumped up because we found out that he's only turning twenty one, or he just turned twenty one this last week. So. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason for that. He has a pretty good analytical profile, but I love Deami Brown. This wasn't Deami Brown. Hate to leave him off my top ten. So, stay out of my mentions. Haters. <laughs> you, can, you can follow him at C Williams NFL, but don't at him. You can. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge Deami Brown fan. Like, there's just kind of watching tape on him. I wasn't overly impressed. But again, I'm He's, not a, like. I do not consider myself a draft scout by any means. So, I think Don't he's Jalen Rager. <laughs> he's he's Jalen Rager without that. Stop with I, that slander right now. <laughs> he's Jalen Rager. Oh, so he's going to be bad. Well, if they use him that way, then yes, probably. Uh, we'll see. Just hope. <laughs> just hope he doesn't go to Philly. any receiver that goes to Philly is is toast. That's God, that's some other story. Ended up in Philly, I would cry. <laughs> Cry tears uh, of joy or no. Go ahead, okay. I, I do want to say uh, I I've done a really bad job of promoting the podcast Twitter as well. So if you guys follow me, make sure you also follow the Cut at the Cut FFB on Twitter. We post all of our our content there. Go to thecutffb.com. Um, all of the articles are there. My my uh, claim to fame, my Justin Fields QB one article can be found there. That's also pinned. On my Twitter, you've been banging that drum for a while, man. <laughs> yeah, I I said uh, I'm the the president of the fan club, and it's self inflicted because I went to bat for him, and I'm I'm cool with it. Kid's gonna be a superstar, uh, but yeah, that can be found at thecutffb.com. Uh, draft guide coming, live stream coming for the draft too. So if you guys follow us there on Twitter. Uh, we will be live on Twitter during the draft. We'll be giving some breakdowns and stuff like that. So uh, I I did want to mention that before we, we hopped off. Yeah, no, of course. No, please do. Um, and while you're looking, while you're watching their show, you can flip back and forth to our live draft show as well, which is happening at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Uh, during live during the draft. Don't really need to tell you the time and place because it's live during the draft. And we also have our mock draft in two weeks from today. But next week... The last position, the greatest position in all of sports, the tight end position, the vast, deep ocean. I feel like it's going to be the Kyle Pitts hour. <laughs> it is going to be Kyle. It's going to be the Kyle Pitts 10 minutes, and we're going to wrap up the show nice and early because tight ends suck. That's that's hey, basically. Sleep on Brevin Jordan. That's uh, I'm going to sleep on him because tight ends suck. That's 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 the moral of the story right there. Um, we're going to have Matt, Matt, is it McCoy or is it Mac, McCoy. Matt McCoy? McCoy. Matt McCoy. Okay. It says Mac. I've never seen McCoy with M-A-C-C-O-Y. So I wanted to make sure. Matt McCoy, Debbie lead over with the Dynasty Nerds and lead draft analyst over at Ball Blast. Are we having the entire Ball Blast team on the show this, this entire year? I will We've had quite a bit of them. Yes. Yeah. I will say about Matt, he might have a, another title uh, by the time 
he he joins you guys next week. Uh-oh. I will Whoa. say, uh, he just got Ooh. added to one of my, my group chats, so uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but. <laughs> you can have another one. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, well, uh, so you have to tune in to find out what uh, what Matt's new new role is. But as of not right now, at least, we Debbie Lee with Dynasty Caesar, Nerds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Debbie Lee with Dynasty Nerds, lead draft analyst of Ball Blast Football. Thank you once again, Christian, for joining oh, us. This was. And real quick, before you before you continue, Ryan had some computer difficulties. Technical difficulties. That's yep. why he kind of had to dip out. It's not because he didn't like Christian. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> It's mostly because he didn't like I Sean. So. I think I think Sean got really aggressive early in the show. He didn't. And he got sensitive. Yeah, he saw he saw this, and Sean was and yeah, Ryan was just like Sean. This is my topic that I wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah, uh, Sean. No, no. Yep, just technical difficulties. But once again, you can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. You can follow Christian at C Williams NFL and the Cut. At the cut FFB on Twitter, Josh at the One Hudsonian, our ghost Ryan Weiss at um oh it says it down there. What is it? the Fantasy Five? Fantasy Five, thank you. Wow, can't believe I blew on that one. You follow me at Joe underscore. Zolo. I just read off the screen like that's what I do. I read off the screen. You can follow me at Joe underscore Zolo. Tune uh, in next week, same time, same place for the tight end preview with Matt McCoy of Dynasty Nerds and Ball Bless Football. Always remember defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy football. We will see you next week.